So tonight I'm gonna be in um, a story that comes from Luke 6. It's at the very end of the chapter. We're gonna get there in a second, but that's where we're gonna be tonight, um, camping out in like three verses. When we originally mapped this out, there was like 30 verses. And I was like, there is absolutely no way we're doing that. So we're doing three. Um, We'll get there in a second. But first, I want to um, tell you a short story. Um, The story that we're looking at tonight is Jesus talking about foundation. He's gonna be talking about what it looks like to have a strong foundation versus a weak foundation and kind of how we get that and how we get there. So I wanna tell y'all a quick story um, about myself. I, if you knew me well, you would know, am probably one of the more clumsy people you'll ever meet in your life. Um, I don't go much longer than a day without tripping, running into a coffee table, hitting a door frame that just looks a little further away than I thought it was or whatever it is. Um, And I sometimes blame it on my depth perception, which is not great, but that is probably not the reason. Usually I'm just moving too fast and I've just been naturally clumsy my whole life. Um, Another thing that comes along with that is I am not a short person, I'm a pretty tall person. Um, In addition to that, I have very large feet. And that's something I would have been like mortified to tell you about 10 years ago, but now I just really could care less. So I wear a size 11 shoe, which is not small. Um, And because of that, I think that probably contributes to how much I trip and fall. But in addition, people step on or trip on my feet, particularly my left foot, probably because I stand like I'm standing right now, almost always, every single day. Um, I kid you not. It hadn't happened today, so I was a little nervous about saying that, but Brayson stepped on my foot um, about five minutes ago and confirmed my theory that this literally happens every day. And this is what happens. People are like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, no, don't worry. It's not you. It really is me. Like I stand like this, my foot is out. People step on it every single day. And I'm like, it's just my feet. Um, So when I was like 14 years old, I was super mortified by the fact that I wore a size 11 shoe um, in the eighth grade or whatever that was. And so I thought, okay, I will fix this problem myself. I will just kind of like start wearing smaller shoes. Um, It'll be great. And then people won't step on my feet as much. Maybe I'll trip less. Things will just go better for me if I have a smaller foot. So for whatever reason, I started buying like size nine, nine and a half shoes, which is like two sizes too small. Um, And particularly, I remember this one pair of, they were like yellow Nikes that were truly a size nine. Um, And I would wear them and be like, oh my gosh, I have small feet. It's a miracle. This is great. Um, The truth was though, it did absolutely nothing for my problem. Uh, People still stepped on my feet. I tripped more. Um, And in reality, it was just super painful, as you can probably imagine, if you were to wear shoes that were two sizes too small. And like super gross, like my feet started kind of curling under and like my toenails fell off. Like it's really gross. Um, It was bad. Like it was a really bad plan for me to do that, to wear shoes that were two sizes too small. But I thought this would be great. Um, Meanwhile, like I started having knee pain. I mean, I did this for like six months and I would like run and like it was so stupid. Um, And the reality was in my like 14 year old brain, I thought the flippers that I had for feet were stupid. Um, And the reality was my body was designed with the foundation of my feet to be that size. I needed to wear size 11 shoes to support my 5'11". Um, height. It just is like what made sense the way God designed my body to have a firm foundation. And every single time I put on those size nine and a half shoes, I was just screwing that up uh, from the ground up, messing up my body, 
just thinking that that was gonna fix my problems and it truly did not. So I would not recommend. All that to say, um, when we look at stories about foundation, I think it's easy to think um, that it's really not that important. And the reality is that it is super important and we can mess it up really bad. So we're gonna take a look tonight looking at um, a lot more serious of a topic about foundation, but what Jesus says about our spiritual foundation. Um, And if you've ever bought a house um, or had a friend that has bought a house, you know that foundation like of a house is super important. Um, That's why we hire realtors and why we do inspections. You may see a house and think that's a great house. In reality, the foundation is awful. Um, I live in a literally 100 year old house um, with two roommates and we laugh because if you drop anything on the ground, like off the couch, it literally just rolls to the other side of the room because the foundation is probably pretty bad. Um, So when we think about foundation, we think about these things. We either can have a good foundation or a bad foundation. Um, So if you have your Bible, turn to Luke 6. Uh, We're gonna look at the very end, verses 46 to 49. It's gonna be on the screen too. Um, And Jesus is gonna tell us a story. He talks a lot in stories, I think primarily because that's how humans tend to remember best. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of reasons, but I know for me, I can remember a story a lot better than I can remember a bunch of facts. So we're gonna look at this story um, and then we'll break it down. Luke 6, 46 to 49 says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when a flood occurs, the river bursts against the house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who has heard and has not acted accordingly is like a man who built a house on the ground without any foundation. And the river burst against it, immediately it collapsed. And the ruin of that house was great. And you may have heard um, this story, this parable before. I had heard it a bunch of times. I had read it several times. And for some reason this week, it just jumped out at me in a totally different way. Um, And I'm hoping that you will notice it too. Um, But Jesus has been teaching different groups of people. I'm pretty sure I'm having an issue here. There we go. Sorry, my earring was hitting it. Uh, But Jesus has been teaching all day. Um, He's been teaching all these different things all through chapter six. If you were to go back and read it, if you have time later, you see him teach on all these different topics. Um, And then he poses this question right here that really kind of like stopped me in my tracks. says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Um, He's just been teaching on forgiveness, revenge, fairness, generosity, humility, kindness. And then we get to the end and he poses this like cutthroat question. He's like, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and listen to me teach all day and not actually do what I'm telling you to do? Um, And we use the word Lord very differently than they did in this time. Uh, It's one of the more like casual words I think I actually use for God. I'll ask someone, what's the Lord teaching you? Or the Lord has just been reminding me of this. We say it kind of casually, which isn't wrong. But in this time, in the translation, this word um, literally meant master, the sovereign one. It was a title of honor that was expressive of respect and reverence with which servants greet their master. So Jesus is like, you guys call me master, Lord, this like lofty word. Um, You call me this, but you don't do what I'm telling you to do. Why is that? Um, 
So first point tonight that we're gonna look at is a strong foundation begins with believing that Jesus really is Lord. Um, A strong foundation begins believing that he really is Lord, that he is master, that he is God, that he is sovereign, that he is all these things. Um, And I think it is so easy uh, to know about God, to know things about God, maybe know a lot about God, to have heard about him your whole life, um, and forget that we desperately need him as a Lord of our lives. Um, And I think a lot of us, particularly in America, Christianity, maybe heard Romans 10 growing up that says that if we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ Christ is Lord, we will be saved, which is 100% true and the most important thing we will ever do with our lives is know him as Lord and Savior. But a lot of times I think we leave it there um, at when we were like 12 at summer camp and we're like, he's my Lord, but I've, I've moved on. Now he's my Savior, but I don't acknowledge him as Lord and Savior on a regular basis. Um, and we forget that Jesus is not only Lord over our salvation at the time of salvation, but Lord over like our Wednesday morning and our Tuesday afternoon and when we're having a bad day or we go through a breakup or our boss is the worst or whatever else it is, we forget that Jesus is Lord of that. Um, and a lot of times, I know I, and I think a lot of us, find ourselves just complaining to friends and people around us of like, oh, this stinks. This is a really terrible thing that's happening. I'm really frustrated about this. Or running to people instead of to the one that we say we call Lord and not bringing it to him at his feet. Um, So continuing on in this text, he says in verse six, or chapter six, verse 48 and 49, everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when a flood occurs, the river burst against the house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who has heard and has not acted accordingly is like a man who built a house on the ground without any foundation and the river burst against it and immediately it collapsed and the ruin of that house was great. And I used to hear this passage and be like, okay, yeah, I get it. Like build your life on Jesus. That sounds really spiritual. Center your world around him. Like got it, check. Um, But what I really noticed is actually really simple. You maybe have seen it before, but it says in the text, everyone who comes to me, hears my words and acts on them. They will be the ones with the firm foundation. Um, Not just the one who hears my words, but the one who hears my words and acts on them. That's how you develop a firm foundation, by doing what he says. So point two is a strong foundation um, is built through steps of obedience. Um, And I think that word obedience, if you're anything like me, it kind of rubs you the wrong way. Um, I remember growing up hearing that word a lot. I actually very specifically remember hearing like, Mary, Ash, and Alexandra, like that is a disobedient action. Like really clearly remember hearing that. And so I think we have this connotation of obedience as being like breaking the rules or doing the wrong thing. Um, But Jesus really says it here. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? And then he's like, if you want a firm foundation, a one that's strong and steadfast and can withstand a storm, you need to hear what I say and actually do it. Not hear what I say, write it down, circle it, all good things. Maybe even pray about it in your quiet time or think about it in small group. He's saying, actually do it. 
Um, and I think that sometimes I tiptoe around that because um, I don't want to. I don't actually want to surrender what I want and do what Jesus says a lot of the time. Um, and it requires submission of saying like, okay, I'm gonna choose to do what I know, what I have heard in scripture, what I have heard through the spoken word, what I have heard um, in worship, wherever it is, and actually put that into action, which requires me putting aside my own personal desires and wants. Um, and that's hard. It's not like a super easy thing to do. Um, but I think of it a lot like working out and eating healthy, um, as simple of an example as that is. In 2021, I think we all know at this point we should probably exercise. We should probably eat relatively healthy. That's probably good for us. 20 years ago, maybe they didn't know as much. We're all pretty aware. Um, we should do that, but a lot of times we don't. It's not, I think, even for a lack of desire. A lot of times it's like, I want to do that. I should do that, but so easily, we don't because we forget, we get busy, we get distracted, we get a million other things. And I think it's very similar to the way we see God and the things he tells us to do. It's not that we just don't wanna do them. If you're here, that's probably not the camp you're in um, of like, I just don't wanna do what God says. I don't really care. I'm kind of over that. You might be, and if you are, that's totally okay. But you probably wanna do it. Um, and it's just the reality of actually being intentional to do those things. Um, and I think a lot of us um, know a lot of stuff about God, like in our brains, or maybe even a little bit of stuff about God, uh, but we forget to do the most basic things, he says in scripture. I'm just gonna list some examples, like love God more than anything else and love our neighbors as ourselves. We could spend like the rest of our lives practicing that one, and if that was all we did, it would be amazing. But I think so often we just kind of skip over it. We're like, I love God, I like my neighbor, I may dabble with you at some point, but I'm not gonna actually give my life to love you. Um, another one would be to pray without ceasing um, or put nothing before him as an idol or to give generously or joyfully or to live in community or to care for the widows and the orphans. Uh, that's just a tiny list of things that God calls us to do that a lot of times I just think we get too busy or too distracted, or um, not just totally committed to doing. And so Jesus is saying here, it's not this like legalistic, do more, better, harder, faster, go, 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 Christian, go be a better one. Um, it's not that at all. He's saying, if you want to have a firm foundation, it's kind of a warning, it's also a guidance of like, if you wanna have a firm foundation built on me, one that can withstand the storms, the rain and the wind of life, you need to do what I say. Um, as a loving father, God, Jesus representing him, he's like, I know what's best for you. I know how this is gonna go for you. So I'm asking you to do what I say. Hear it and do it. Don't just be a hearer that forgets it. Um, so kind of building upon that is point three, and that is a strong foundation um, is what you need and rely on when the storm hits. So these kind of all build on each other. The third one is a strong foundation is what you need and you rely on when the storm hits. And the storm here, metaphorical, could be um, anything, when hard things come in your life. And in this parable, Jesus is illustrating um, that the foundation is exposed in a storm. So you could have two houses that look 
great on the outside. They look both solid. They look like good houses. You could be on Zillow and be like, those both look great. Um, but when the storm comes, that is when you find out what is at the root, what is at the foundation. Um, and I know this to be true as a person because this is very much uh, my personal story, my testimony, if you will. And um, it's just very true. I realized that I had a verse 49 kind of faith, kind of life uh, when I was a sophomore in college. And so I'll just share a little bit of that story. But basically, if you had asked me when I was a freshman in college, um, if I believed in God or if I was a Christian or something like that, I probably would have like shrugged my shoulders and said, sure. Um, I mean, yeah, like I know about God. I grew up with that. Yeah, like I don't reject it. I believe that God is real. Um, and that was kind of where I camped out and it was fine um, for the time being. But then a storm, a uh, metaphorical storm of a lot of stuff came into my life when I was a sophomore. And I was in this position for the first time in my life dealing with really hard stuff. Um, and I had built my whole identity on some stuff that was a foundation that was not holding up. I played volleyball in college and it was just my thing. I had identified myself as an athlete for as long as I could remember. Uh, I was kind of obsessed with it. I was that like really annoying person on your team who when the coach said that practice was canceled or conditioning was canceled, everyone else was like cheering and saying yay. And I was like kind of tearing up. I was like sad about it. Um, I just loved volleyball. And it was a huge part of who I was um, all the way growing up and through college. And so that was a huge piece of my identity. Another piece was I was just pretty obsessed with what people thought about me um, and what they, people that liked me, people that didn't like me. It was just this huge thing. It was pretty crippling. Um, and I was always concerned what everyone else thought. Um, and the main thing I would say is I was just really into like security. I wanted to know what we were doing. I wanted to know everything was fine. I wanted to know that um, I was safe and things were gonna be comfortable and that things were all good. Like just everything was right and in its place. And when it was, I was fine. Um, when it wasn't, I realized I was not fine. So my sophomore year, I experienced this really crazy week where I got a concussion in volleyball. Um, and so that took that away for about six weeks and I lost a starting position. It was just a whole thing. Um, a few days later, I went through a breakup that was just devastating at the time. And then a few days after that, someone in my family was diagnosed with cancer. And so it was just this whole week um, where I was like, holy cow, I don't actually know if I can handle this. Um, and I remember being in my college house, praying, crying out to God and saying, God, if you are real, if you're even a real thing, um, please help me in this moment. Um, I don't know what to do. Everything that I have built my entire life on just came crashing down. Um, my identity in sports, my identity in relationships, my identity in a secure, safe family, all of it just came crashing down within a week. Um, and I don't have anything to rely on. Like, I don't have anything that is gonna keep me okay. So if you are real, I would like to talk to you now. Um, and I came to this point where I was like, holy smokes, I don't know God. I don't have a faith. Um, I am so far from where I think 
I would like to be, and I would, something's gotta change. And so I had a friend um, that like lovingly pointed me to the Lord um, and started helping me understand that. But um, what I found out is that this house and foundation that was my current life was firmly in the camp of verse 49. I said that a second ago. Poorly built, quickly destroyed um, with a sweep of life circumstances. And in this, I met the Lord, which is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Um, and slowly but surely started to like rebuild a foundation. And I think the Lord does this a lot. He sees us in our brokenness. I'm sure a lot of you have very similar stories where you got kind of to the end of your rope. You're like, I can't do this anymore. I see that I have a need for God. And he meets us in that moment. And I think my knee jerk was that he would be like, oh, crap, too bad, you have a bad foundation. I'm gonna go hang out with people that have a good foundation. Like, too bad, so sad. But that is not at all what God does. It's not his character in the slightest. Um, it was as if he was meeting me in the moments of my broken foundation. He was like, okay, Mary Ashton, let's put this back together, but do it with me this time. Let's lay a foundation that is secure and firm and stable and trustworthy because I am the only thing, God, in the entire world that will never, ever change. I am the only thing in the universe that is actually stable, that is actually secure, that is actually not going anywhere. Um, and really, we began to rebuild the foundation of my life. Um, and um, for the first time, it was this thing that was secure and hopeful. Um, and I think that's what Jesus is saying here. He's like, listen, I get this. I was a human. I, he is a human at this time. Um, he knows how this is gonna go. And he's like, listen to me, hear what I say, and do it so you can have a firm foundation that is able to take the wind and the rain and the storms of life because they're coming. Um, they're unavoidable. John 16, talks about that in this world, we will have trouble. It's not like a maybe, sort of, at some point, kind of. It's we will have trouble, but take heart because he has overcome the world and he will meet us um, in those storms. And so I think it's also really cool how it says to build our foundation um, on a rock. In verse 48, it says, he is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. Um, and in scripture, God is often referred to as a rock, um, which I think is really cool. So I'm gonna read off quite a few verses because I just think it's really powerful. But Isaiah 26, four says, trust in the Lord forever for he is an everlasting rock. Psalm 18, two says, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Psalm 78, 35 says, they remembered that God was their rock, the most high God, their redeemer. Psalm 1831 says, for who is God but the Lord and who is a rock except our God? Deuteronomy 32, four says, the rock, his work is perfect for all his ways are justice, a God of faithfulness and without iniquity, just and upright is he. Psalm 62, seven says, on God rests my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. And those are just a few. So when Jesus says, build your house, your foundation on a rock, He's saying, build it on me. I am the only one who is actually stable enough for you to stand on and be okay. Because <laughs> life is gonna be hard. There's gonna be storms, there's gonna be rain, there's gonna be wind. Um, he's the rock we build our lives on because he's the only thing that will never change. 
And while that's really beautiful to say, sounds really good, it's like, yes, he's the rock, he is safe, he's our stability. Um, it does require some things of us. Um, the first one we talked about, believing and acknowledging him as Lord. Really believing that and acknowledging it on a daily basis, not just like a one-time thing. Um, taking steps of obedience when we hear his word and clinging to him in both the storms um, and the sunny times. To build a firm foundation, take some effort on our part, um, but it's worth it. It really is worth it. It's one of those things that you don't know you need it till you need it. Um, so Jesus is warning us, he's encouraging us, he's saying, come to me, follow me, this is the way. This is the way that you can find that firm foundation for your life. Um, Isaiah 26, three through four, I know I'm reading off a lot here at the end, but it says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is fixed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for he is an everlasting rock. So the encouragement, the challenge from this, I think the part that just kind of blew me away is the, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? And why do you expect me, Rashin, to have a secure, firm foundation when we're not actually listening to God. We're not actually hearing his word and doing it and putting it into action. Um, so we're about to go into a time of 120 seconds. And if you're new here, that is just where we kind of sit here for 120 seconds while music is going and we just kind of think through this. Um, and always, but especially today after hearing this passage, this is all really good information, um, but really is kind of pointless if we don't do anything with it. So that's why we take this time to kind of process it. Um, so I'm gonna have a couple questions for you. Um, and it's just a challenge to think through these and truly act on some of them. So the first one is, do you know Jesus is Lord? It's a simple question, but it's the most important question any of us will ever answer. Do we know him as Lord, our Lord and our savior? Um, second one is, when you hear or learn truth, do you act on it? Why or why not? Um, is that something that you think about? I heard this, I need to do it tomorrow. Um, not in a legalistic, do more better way, but just in a way of, okay, that is true. I need to make that change in my life. I need to walk in obedience. Is that something you do? Um, the third one is what is your foundation truly built on? and can it hold up in the storm? And I shared with y'all, mine a huge one was security and comfort and things being right. And that is still to this day a huge one. Um, security, comfort, things being okay. Um, and when it's not, I get rattled. But what is your foundation built on? It might be relationships or money or stuff or your job or people or whatever. Where, do you, where are you tempted maybe is the better question to stack on your foundation that is not the Lord um, of those things or anything else. And the last one is what step of obedience might you need to take this week? And that is between you and the Holy Spirit and anything he may be working on in your life may have nothing to do with this talk. It may just be something that he has been stirring in you. Um, but what step of obedience do you need to take? Where is he calling you? Um, to step in obedience. That may be you need to ask your close friends or your community group or someone you trust, but I think those are things 
that I should think about probably every day um, and things that I think could be really helpful for us to think about for the next 120 seconds. So I'm gonna pray and then we'll move into that time. God, thank you for today. Thank you that you are a God that loves us enough um, to call us into obedience, to call us into freedom, to call us to build a foundation that is on you so that we will be able to withstand the winds and the rains of the storms of life. Um, We just thank you for your word. We thank you that every time we open it, we see different things because you are using it and it is living and active. Um, I just thank you for every person in this room that got out in the cold to um, come hear about you and worship you. I just pray that as we sit here for the next couple minutes, um, that you would just move in our hearts and our minds and that you would show us what we need to see. We love you so much. In your name I pray, amen.